Hello, this is Jude from Newslaundry.com, bringing you your daily dose of news. Today is Tuesday, the 16th of February. India recorded 9,121 new coronavirus cases today, taking its tally to over 1.09 crore. Deaths rose by 81, taking the total death toll to 1 lakh 55,813. Over 1.06 crore people have recovered from the infection, pushing the recovery rate to 97.32%. A total of 103 people from an apartment in Bomanahalli in Bengaluru tested positive for COVID-19 after a recent party in the complex. Bruhat Bengaluru Mahanagar Palike or BBMP officials revealed that there was an apartment complex party on February 4th where many people had gathered. The apartment complex has 3 residential blocks with over 1500 people staying in it. Bomanahalli JC Ramkrishna said in a quote We got the first case on February 7th followed by another case the next day. Some of the residents reported symptoms of fever and cold which is why they got themselves tested and others on knowing tested themselves as well. Further on February 12th and 13th a cluster of them tested positive. The apartment has now been sealed. Unquote. The toll in Uttarakhand glacier burst disaster rose to 58 today morning as rescuers recovered two more bodies from the tunnel at Tapawan power project in Chamoli district. that was swept away in a flash flood on february 7th as many as 146 people were still missing as the rescue operations entered its 10th day one of the bodies was recovered past midnight while another was recovered around 2 am today from the tunnel deputy inspector general of state disaster response fund or sdrf ridheem agarwal said that 31 of 58 bodies recovered so far have been identified all 11 bodies retrieved from tapawan tunnel till now have been identified Uttarakhand Irrigation Minister Satpal Maharaj said that the state government will create a department to investigate the cause of the glacier burst incident and monitoring of the glaciers through satellite. The Delhi police has written to video conferencing platform Zoom seeking details of those who participated in the January 11th meeting organized allegedly by a pro-Khalistani group to prepare a protest toolkit backing the farmers agitation. Mumbai-based advocate Nikita Jacob and activist Shantanu Mulak against whom non-bailable arrest warrants have been issued in Delhi in connection with the toolkit yesterday moved the Bombay High Court for anticipatory bail. A day after Delhi police issued arrest warrants against them, the Bombay High Court will today hear Ms Jacob's request for protection from arrest for 4 weeks. Their petitions will be heard by Justice PD Nayak. Advocate Nikita Jacob told the Delhi police that her intent was never to incite violence. and there was nothing illegal in what she did in a statement to the delhi police accessed by hindustan times jacob has pointed out that the document was simply an information pack the statement read and i quote the information contained in the toolkit does not in any manner incite riots or violence and is simply an information pack with information from various sources no weapons no violence no mention of anything remotely violent in the toolkit or any of our communication unquote BJP leader Kapil Mishra and senior Congress leader Digvijay Singh today got engaged in a war of words on Twitter over the issue of the toolkit case. Digvijay Singh, Congress Rajya Sabha MP, accused Kapil Mishra of instigating communal hatred among Hindus against Muslims, Sikhs and Christians and Delhi police remaining silent on the issue. The Congress leader also asked Delhi Police Commissioner SN Srivastava to look into Hindu ecosystem toolkit. Responding to Singh's tirade, Mishra accused Singh of claiming that 2611 Mumbai attacks was a conspiracy of RSS. Mishra said that the Congress leader was attacking him as he stood with the family of Rinku Sharma, 
who was stabbed to death by a group of youth in Delhi's Mongolpuri on February 10th. On November 16th last year, Mishra, a former Aam Aadmi Party minister who is now with the BJP and has been accused of inciting the February 2020 Delhi carnage by the victims and activists, posted a tweet asking whoever was interested to fill in a form and join what he described as the Hindu ecosystem team. The form is straightforward, seeking such details as name, cell phone number, state and country of residence. But for one standout question, it asks the prospective foot soldier of the Hindu ecosystem to state their special area of interest and lest it wasn't clear what that meant, gives a set of examples. It also asks them to make a declaration about joining the group online or on the ground. News Laundry's Meghna Des and Shambhavi Thakur filed the form and became members of the Telegram group. They came to have a fly-on-the-wall view of how this ecosystem operates, how it creates propaganda material, how it comes up with toxic narratives, and how it manufactures trends across social media platforms to whip up communal hatred and bigotry. And of course, support for Hindutva. Do read their report titled, Hate Factory Inside Kapil Mishra's Hindu Ecosystem. Once you are done reading the report, I urge you to check out our website, newslaundry.com. We are an independent news platform producing ground reports, podcasts, interviews, videos, media critique, and much more. We would not be able to do all this work if not for our subscribers who fund it. So if you want a subscriber already, now is the time to join the movement to keep news free and independent. Go to newslaundry.com and hit the subscribe button at the top right-hand corner of the website. Lowest subscription starts at 300 rupees a month only. Pay to keep news free. 37 passengers have died after a bus fell off a bridge into a canal near Satna village in Madhya Pradesh's Siddhi district this morning. Seven people have been rescued so far. The bus carrying 54 passengers was heading from Siddhi to Satna when it fell into a canal in Shraddha Phatak village after the driver lost control of the vehicle. Talking to the Indian Express, Siddhi collector Ravindra Kumar Choudhury confirmed that a 4-year-old child was among the casualties. The rescue operation has been nearly completed. However, the patrolling team has been sent up to 20 kilometers along the canal to look for more people. CM Chauhan condoled the deaths and announced a compensation of rupees 5 lakh for the family of the deceased. He tweeted that teams of the State Disaster Response Force (SDRF) and local authorities were conducting rescue operations at the spot. Prime Minister Narendra Modi also called the incident horrific. According to news agency PTI, eyewitnesses said that the bus sank completely into the water and was not visible in the morning hours. Later, the district administration stopped the release of water into the canal from the Banganga project, which brought the water level down. The bus was then spotted at some distance away from the spot where it fell into the water. Trouble seems to be mounting for the Congress party in Puducherry ahead of the assembly elections in the Union territory, as another party MLA A John Kumar tendered his resignation, leaving the V Narayana Sami-led government short of a majority. He resigned from the party citing dissatisfaction with the Congress government in the Union territory. Kumar, who was the MLA of Kamaraj Nagar constituency, is the fourth Congress lawmaker to quit the party ahead of Gandhi's scheduled visit to Puducherry, where the assembly election is due in the next few months. After his resignation, the strength of the ruling Congress in the Union territory has come down to 10 in the house of 30 MLAs. The Congress had bagged 14 assembly seats in the last poll in the state. The party has the support of two DMK MLAs and an independent. Earlier on Monday, Puducherry Health Minister Maladi Krishna Rao, who had earlier quit the state cabinet, resigned as a member of the Territorial Assembly. Last month, state's PWD minister A Namasivayam resigned from the state cabinet 
and also from the Assembly after the ruling Congress suspended him from the primary membership for anti-party activities. Now, let's move on to the international updates. Globally, COVID-19 has infected more than 109 million people and killed over 2.4 million, according to John Hopkins University. Over 61.3 million people have recovered from the infection in the world. The World Health Organization yesterday approved the Oxford AstraZeneca coronavirus vaccine for emergency use, paving way for its distribution in developing countries through the COVAX program. The WHO-backed COVAX seeks to ensure equitable access to vaccines in the world. Vaccines distributed through the program are expected to cover 3.3% of the population of 145 countries participating in the program. Australia's regulator has approved the AstraZeneca vaccine, ending months of delay to give full approval while other countries begin vaccinations with emergency approvals. The COVID-19 pandemic is on the rise again in Poland after case numbers had stabilized following a second wave of infections last autumn, Reuters reports. Poland has loosened some of its restrictions and scenes of partying tourists ignoring rules about wearing masks and social distancing at Poland's main ski resort at the weekend have raised fears of a new rise in infections. On Tuesday, Poland reported more than 5,000 new cases and 196 deaths. Meanwhile, fears are growing in Japan, where an inoculation drive against COVID-19 will begin on Wednesday, that millions of doses of Pfizer vaccine could be wasted due to a shortage of special syringes that maximize the number of shots used from each vial. The government has made urgent requests, but manufacturers are struggling to ramp up production fast enough, creating the latest headache for Prime Minister Yoshihide Suga, who suffers from weak public support. A volley of rockets targeting an U.S. airbase in Iraq's Kurdistan region killed a foreign civilian contractor and wounded nine others, including Americans, in the worst attack in a year on the U.S.-led military coalition. Al Jazeera reports. The rockets were launched late on Monday from an area south of the main city, Erbil, near the border of Kirkuk province, and also fell on some residential areas close to the airport. The rare attack on Erbil was claimed by a little-known Shia group calling itself Aulia al-Dam, or Guardians of Blood. The United States reacted angrily to the base assault outside the international airport in Erbil, capital of Iraq's semi-autonomous Kurdish region. Secretary of State Anthony Blinken said, and I quote, We are outraged by today's rocket attack, unquote, vowing to hold accountable those responsible. The group previously claimed responsibility last August for two bombings targeting U.S. military convoys. The last deadly attack was in March 2020 on the Taji military camp north of Baghdad, in which a UK servicewoman, as well as one US contractor and one US service member, were killed. Hoshiar Zebari, a Politburo member of the Kurdistan Democratic Party, said that security officials were investigating the source of the attack. He tweeted, and I quote, There will be consequences against the culprits. This aggression will not stand. Unquote. Malaysia's government will repatriate 1,200 Myanmar migrants next week, despite a military coup in their home country, but has assured that they will not include minority Muslim Rohingya refugees or those registered with the UN Refugee Agency. But the UN High Commissioner for Refugees voiced concern on Tuesday that there may be vulnerable women and children among the group. Malaysia's immigration chief Kairul said in a statement late Monday that the detainees will be deported February 23rd on Myanmar Navy ships. He said the 1,200 were held for offences including not having valid travel documents, overstaying and violating their social visit passes. 
That's all the news we have for you today. Have a good day or a good night, depending on where you're listening from. See you tomorrow. All the News Laundry podcasts are available on Stitcher, iTunes, and any other podcast platform. Please subscribe to News Laundry. Help us keep news independent. To catch all our podcasts on news, pop culture, current affairs, and sport, visit newslaundry.com. Follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, and subscribe to our YouTube channel.